Hi. You know, I love you guys. I don't think I've said that yet. Well, thank you. But I'm really thankful. Um, this is still my first couple months getting plugged in here. And you guys have really just made me feel welcome. You've accepted me even though you've gotten to know just how crazy weird I really am. So I'm thankful for that. You guys are really my family. So, um, thank you. So I'm doing things a little bit differently tonight, and I'm going to need your help. I hope that's okay. Um, we're really going to just delve into scripture. Um, I, I always carry my Bible on me because um, scripture has played a very central role in my life. Um, and I would just like to open up the word with you guys tonight. So if you don't have your Bibles, um, we have lots in the back. And more than any other week, I would really recommend that you grab a Bible this week if you really want to engage. I'm going to be asking lots of questions. I want to get your guys' opinion, your guys' input on this stuff. Um, if there's not enough Bibles, we also got the words on the screen. Okay, my, my particular version is ESV. Um, I think most of these are probably NIV, but we're just going to go ahead and delve into Scripture. And um, there's a, a Christian tradition that's kind of been lost um, that, that I'd like to just share with you guys. You know, I'm not going to make you all do it. Um, but it used to be the case that whenever Scripture was read, um, everyone who was hearing it would stand. And then when the scripture was done being read, whoever was reading it would say, this is the word of the Lord. Right. And then everyone would say, thanks be to God. Um, scripture is God's word to us. And without it, we would not be able to know him. We wouldn't be able to know his will. We wouldn't be able to know his character. We wouldn't be able to know what even he wants of us. And so it's really something that we should take seriously and we should be thankful for. And it's something like a lot of other things in life that we just take for granted. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go through all those steps. You guys don't have to if you don't want to. You can stay seated. You don't have to say, thanks be to God. That's okay. But I'm going to go ahead and do that. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 this evening. Um, if you didn't pick that up from the, the projector up there. So um, I will let you guys find it real quick if you want. Then I'll go ahead and start reading. This is uh, right smack in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is preaching to just a whole bunch of random people on a mountain somewhere in Jerusalem by Lake of Galilee. So here we go. Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For, the, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. A little thing that's important to note here. In most of your Bibles right here, there's going to be a break. It'll have another title. Um, mine says, Do Not Be Anxious right here. Those breaks weren't naturally in the text. Jesus didn't stop and go, okay, this section's called Do Not Be Anxious. Okay? But it's supposed to just flow. So remember those words that we just read as we go into this next section. Okay? Don't just like click the reset and start over. Okay? So remember all that. You can't serve both God and money, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food? Is not your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the flowers of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Seek thee first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the word of the Lord. Um, either way, he's saying, basically, don't worry about it, right? Um, I'm going to share a little bit more of my story with you guys. Um, you guys have heard quite a bit of my testimony by now. Um, but a couple of years ago, I came off to NNU, um, and I had absolutely no intention of ever being in front of people, okay? I don't like being in front of people, believe it or not. So I came off to NNU as an engineering major. Um, I was planning on, I had this whole life, my whole life was planned out, okay? I was going to get an engineering physics degree at NNU, going to go on and get my civil engineering degree at Purdue, which is civil engineering is like engineering giant cities, okay? Um, But that also teaches you how to build buildings because buildings are part of cities. And then I was going to have a business front in the U.S. that would make a bunch of money because engineers make a lot of money, okay? And then I was going to use that money to serve God by funding mission trips that I would conduct because I had all this stuff to do it and like build hospitals and stuff in other countries. I thought God gave me these skills. That would be a great way to use them. And that is a great way to use them. But um, NNU provided me with uh, an opportunity to just seek after God, to seek after his will for my life. Because even though I thought I had given God everything, I was still working on my own will. It was what I wanted the things in my life, the way that I wanted it to go, that I thought God might approve of, and so I was just going to go that way. But God obviously had different plans, because I'm here now, right? So he got a hold of me, um, and he just showed me that that wasn't what he had in store. Um, At the time, I remember a conversation, I don't even remember with who, but... um, it was revealed to me that God didn't want me to help build buildings or rebuild parts of the world, but to help build up people's lives and rebuild the parts of them that have been broken. Um, and so I'm, I'm headed towards counseling now, um, counseling and ministry, and I don't know what all that looks like. I don't have a plan anymore. Um, but I don't have any money anymore either. <laughs> um, Something about pastors is they don't really make a lot of money. 
Um, and so through it all, this particular passage has been really reassuring to me. This particular passage has opened up God's will to me in a different way. Um, when he says, you, can, you cannot serve both God and money. Um, even though I was pursuing money to use it for God, God wanted me to just pursue him. And that was different. Um, it's easy to let things in this life kind of jumble up our pursuit of God, right? Um, I know right now we're getting into a really busy holiday season, right? And I'm not going to try and, like, you shouldn't buy presents or anything like that. But a lot of things get stacked up on your plate, whether it's concerts, whether it's buying presents, whether it's whatever, tests, that can get in between you and God, right? What are some of the things that we pursue that are not necessarily God? And God even says that he recognizes that we need all these things, right? He says, seek thee first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be granted unto you. Um, but we don't necessarily always do that, right? We think that, well, maybe God can, but he won't this time, so I better make sure that I get, you know, enough money to buy everyone Christmas presents, or I better make sure that I pursue this person to get in a good relationship with them or whatever. But we don't really trust God that if we pursue him first, everything else will fall into line, right? I told you guys, I don't really have a lot of money. Um, but <laughs> it's true, I don't. And I'm probably not going to make a lot more now because I'm not an engineer. But um, it's been actually the biggest blessing in my life to know that I'm not going to have a lot of money, to know that I'm not going to be getting a lot of stuff. Um, there's another passage in the Bible that says, um, be sure to want for nothing. And that's, that's, I feel that's usually misunderstood. People usually take that to, to think, oh, I shouldn't want anything else. But that's not really what it's saying. It's saying we should want to have nothing. And that seems kind of contradictory to everything the world tells us, right? You want the best car, the best house, the best wife, the best kids. You want the best Xbox 360 game. You want all the best stuff, right? But God says you should want to have none of that before you want God, right? Um, I had a friend tell me about that. And to want to have nothing opens up your entire life to God to provide for you. And that has not been more true than it has been in my life. Whether it's um, my car died this summer and the church that I was working at fixed it. I had no way of fixing it myself. Um, my rent's been paid. My food's been provided for. Things just happen because God recognizes that we all have these needs, right? But we don't do that. And in the passage, God, Jesus, tells us why we don't do that. It's a little, little phrase that he uses a lot of times. Oh, ye of little faith, right? What do, you guys, what do you guys think when you hear that phrase? Oh, ye of little faith. How do you think it is that even though God tells us that he will provide us everything that we need if we pursue him, we still go out and pursue these things that he tells us we shouldn't pursue? Yeah, to my mind. Does that come into your guys' mind? Mm -hmm. But if I, when I hear these words that we go out and we pursue things like money or we pursue things like clothes or food or drink um, and we don't trust God to provide these things for us, I feel like a lot of times that can be seen as doubt. 
I feel like that's, we're told that that's doubt a lot of times. Yeah? Of raises us to, to be doubtful, right? We're taught that um, we don't know for certain the future, okay? And so because of that, we ought to prepare for every possible future. We can't have faith that it's just going to work out, right? We need to make sure that it does. Um, even when it pertains to, like, truth, we doubt, like, everything we're told, even if it's told to us by a professional. Like, a doctor tells you you have a certain disease, you immediately, like, well, I don't think that's right. And you doubt it, right? Or you want a second opinion, all these different things. Um, and I feel like in church, we're told a lot that doubt is just always bad. But I don't think that's always the case. Um, without doubt, without seeing how amazing it would be for God to provide for you through the situation, whatever the situation might be, faith doesn't really have a role. Does it? Does this make sense to you guys? So imagine there's a situation that's pretty tough, okay? And there are two types of doubt that you can have in this situation. The first kind of doubt would be just the questions. Like, um, I realize I've only got $30 and I need to eat for a month. That's not going to last you a month. Um, there's no way that this is going to work out. But God, I recognize your will for my life. And so I'm not going to go out and pursue food per se. This might not be a, a completely accurate example. But I'm not going to go out and pursue this other thing outside of you because I know you want me here right now. Okay, it might not always be clear to you where God wants you, but when it's clear what God wants you to be doing with your life and you go out and do something else instead, that's the bad kind of doubt. That's when you let the things of the world get in between your action for God. And it's when doubt stops you from doing something that God wants you to do that it's bad. Yannick? Yeah. Andrew? Yeah? Yeah, I think that gets, that gets right to the point of not seeking first the kingdom of God, right? We do, we do other things. So what would it look like to seek the kingdom of God before everything else? Do you guys have any examples of that in your own life? It's hard to do. But it's that type of faith that lets us get over the bad kind of doubt, right? It's the type of faith that lets us see through the hard times what it is God has in store for us. Uh, Emily, and then low on time. We got a little bit left here. So, um, this past week for me has been insane. Um, this week at NNU we call Hell Week just because it's, it's insane. Um, over the past three days, I think I've gotten a total of probably five hours of sleep. So, I'm not completely here right now, as you can probably tell. But, um, through it all, I have been reminded time and again um, of the importance of seeking first the kingdom of God. Um, and that I've had um, a lot of responsibility, a lot of papers and assignments and stuff that i got to get done um, that are preparing me for a life that's completely dedicated to God. Um, but in the individual moments like you were talking about, I find myself having these opportunities to witness to other people's lives, whether it's friends, whether it's people I don't know, um, by helping them through the same type of time. Um, and through it all, even though I'm running 
on low, I've given pretty much all I've got to, left to give, right? Um, God has been so gracious towards me. Um, I've got, like, extensions on assignments that never happen. Like, I can turn stuff in after school gets out. I'm not really sure how that works, but that's cool. Um, but I've, uh, I've just, like, little gifts that people have given me, all sorts of different stuff. Um, and being here tonight, um, I'll be honest, prepping for tonight kind of stressed me out just because it was, like, another thing on the list of things to do, right? Um, but as soon as I walk in the door with you guys, um, this family, it's just, like, God's grace just ascends, you know, this, like, sense of peace and the sense of happiness like you were talking about. And it's just, like, this faith that everything is going to be okay. Um, and going back through all this, um, Jesus says that, uh, that we do all these things because we are people of little faith. Um, we have these doubts, we have these fears that keep us from doing the things that we know God tells us we should be doing. But our fears get in the way and tell us to go do all these other things, right? Oops, symbol. Um, that completely threw me off topic. Uh, do these other things. <laughs> Sorry. Um, getting there. Hmm, people, little faith. Right, got it. Okay. Um, the, but these, these, these doubts are important. Um, it's a point that's, that's been underplayed by the church. It's important that you think these things through and you see how magnificent the works of God are in your life. Because the only relationship that you have with God is one of faith. Okay? And if you don't see how crazy ridiculous it is, the things that he's going to do in your life, and you don't see how monumental the things that he's put in front of you to do, that you can only accomplish by his grace, then your relationship with God isn't going to be as strong as it could be. Okay? So it really is important to think things through, to realize that um, as it stands right now, to want nothing, to want to have nothing, because you know that in that moment, you will not know where your next meal is coming from, you don't know what you're gonna wear tomorrow, you don't know what's gonna happen, but you know that it just means that whatever does happen is gonna be so much greater because God's doing all of it, right? Um, yeah. Um, what do you guys have to think about that? Any final questions or thoughts? Yeah. Philosophy major here. There's doubt of action and doubt of intellect. Okay. The doubt of intellect is the doubt that um, is basically that we're taught to do in school. You think things through and you, you think that's unlikely that's going to happen. Okay. When you think that's something unlikely, that's a type of doubt, right? We're told that you shouldn't, um, or maybe not, but um, if you doubt that someone can do something, it's not that you're going to get in their way. It's just you don't think that they're going to be able to do it right? That's a doubt of intellect. And that, in some instances, is important. But in the, in the instances that we're talking about, um, the opposite of faith in how we live our lives is the doubt of action. And that's where you let the thoughts of, there's these other things that I should be doing, or I don't think God's actually going to provide these things for me if I go do this, like he wants me to. When you actually let those thoughts keep you from doing the things that you should be doing. That's the doubt of action. Just like we've been told that faith is more than just thinking that God exists, but it's actually doing what he asks you to do. Doubt is the same way. It's not just realizing that God, it's unlikely that anyone can do the things that God says he's going to do for you, but if you let it get in the way, that's bad doubt. And that's the two types of doubt. Does that help? Okay.
yeah. two-way street. Like you talked about, the first thing that we need to do is go to prayer. And if you just tell God to do all these things for you and don't listen to how he wants to do that in your life, it's not going to get done. Um, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and then all these things will be granted to you, right? Um, and a note about my own story, when I was preparing for college, when I was going through all the engineering stuff and the math and the science and the AP and all that stuff, um, I don't think that I was going against the will of God because I felt at peace with God. I felt like that's where he was guiding me. And I felt like without that, I wouldn't be where I am now. And so it's likely that God's will for your life can change depending on your season. Just a reason why it's important to stay in relationship with him. Cody. So if you can make it super quick, okay? Let's go. Bang, bang, bang. Okay. Quick. 